Welcome to Conversations with Kevin. I'm here with my good friend, Sammy. He is a friend, a neighbor, a plum- uh, not a plumber. You're I'm a- not a plumber, no. no I don't dig my hands in shit. We need plumbers today. <laughs> I think we do. There's not enough plumbers. <laughs> not a plumber. A fireman, actually. Because you probably had Pompier in mind, right? Yeah, I'm not, uh, bi- yeah, for everybody who knows, wants to know I'm bilingual. <laughs> so let's start this with, he's a good friend, a good neighbor, he's a firefighter, he's also a podcaster, and a great drummer. I don't know about great, but... I have my but, opinions, and I'm sticking to it. No, well, I appreciate that. If you listen to the intro music, that's actually Sammy on drums. Which Please like it. <laughs> if you realize Please. that, but I did use our track, uh, Finger Killer, as the intro. That's awesome. Yeah. I'm happy you did that, and I'm happy you like it. I'm happy you like my drumming skills, because oh, you're I'm the one getting, that hired me. So I'm getting a lot of compliments. <laughs> Good. Yeah, oh, I'm yeah. glad. I'm glad. It's always, it's always fun playing music, despite your, 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 your talent level. Let's go with that. But at the end of the day, if it, it, it's all about the vibe and like, I don't mm-hmm. even, I don't even have to explain that to you. You, you, you know, you know a lot more than I do. You've been playing I'm the longer vibe than, guy. but that's it. And at the, at the end of the day, if the else. vibe, if the vibe works, if the chemistry's there and you both, you both agree, you love what you hear. Yeah. At the end of the day, that's the magic you create. And, um, as and long as it works, if it works, you it's, improvise well, you learn fast. And you have a good sense for where a song is going to go, and that's really important. Yeah, I think so. I play well, I think with so. several yeah. drummers who I have to like really dig deep and try and get them to right. understand what I'm feeling in my music. Right. Where you just kind of jump right in, and you kind of have a thing. You you take a like, couple of minutes, and the next thing you know, it works. So that's really cool. Well, it, it, it's funny. Dave Grohl has that mindset a little bit, and yeah, he he he, he he always said he said one thing. He goes, "You could have an excellent singer, you could have an a, a, an excellent guitar player, bass player, and all that, but if the drummer's his responsibility is just to keep the flow solid, and if yeah. he can't do that, then the band won't sound good." And I forgot where I saw this. I must have seen this online. I don't know if it was on Facebook. It's like you know they post pictures of like quotes and all that. And mm-hmm. I remember seeing, and. And when I saw that, and this was only a couple of years ago, so and this is like many years after I started drumming, and when it, when I saw that, it's like man, like it, it, it kind of hits you. And at the end of the day, it's like as much as I want to be that polyrhythm drummer, like like that 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 guy that's so popular on on YouTube, he's everywhere. I, well, the I guy that does the the, the the he's unreal. I, 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 I keep yeah, he 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 he's unreal, but because that's supernatural. Very natural, but like his polyrhythm, supernatural, like above, above reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh my god! Like he, he's, he's, he's a, he's a monster. He's not even a beast. He's a monster. Like yeah. I, I think he's really, I think he's changing the whole outlook about drumming now. Oh he's, pro- he's bringing it to a whole other level. But, it's, yeah. but if you really look, at it, it's because his polyrhythm, each limb is able is able to do a different beat, a different rhythm, and mm-hmm. at a different speed too. Like yeah. he's, I'll never reach that level. <laughs> I'll never get there, but at the same yeah. time, too, God knows how many hours of practice he put into it. God knows and how uh, natural is it as a creative, uh, you know, natural born talent? Because absolutely, I watch these, oh, uh, totally. Uh, I, I, I'm a big believer in natural born talent yeah. that you, as an individual, have to discover. I agree. There's a lot of videos out there with him playing and other people watching him that are professional drummers. But yeah, I can't believe what. He's yeah, doing. He, it's 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 unreal. Like it's, there's there's one. Uh, and I know which videos you're talking about. It's it's um, he's he's I think he's a I think he's bald, and I don't even know who he is as a drummer. But like I know he, what you're he about, yeah. exactly, he's watching him. And he's like like just jaw dropped. And he's like, yeah. 
what the fuck? Like, how? It's and it's true. It's true. Unreal. But like, but like, and in all honesty, that guy, I'm, I'm sure he's received tons of offers to be, yeah. hey, could you be the drum of my band? And, and the, probably the best thing for him is to be like, what not to know? join a band, but yeah. just do what he's doing. Maybe teach, maybe yeah. have drum clinics, which for sure he's going to do. Or, or a drum centric band. Make his own be. drum sector. Uh, it could where, be. He, he, he you could. know, like, look at the Eagles. The drums are usually mm-hmm. in the front. Yeah. That's one band I can, which is not mm-hmm. the quality of this guy's drumming, but, and also Fleetwood Mac, the drums are in the front. Okay. They're not as uh, in the back as most bands are. And there right. are bands that can do that. And this guy would be a great front style drumming. Probably. Band. Yeah. Uh, I told you. Yeah. Well, also, it also helped with. The Eagles, I think, because Don Henley sang, uh, yeah. he sang a lot too, right? Yeah. So I guess he kind of had to be, but I get what you're saying. So, but his drumming is unreal. And again, my, my style, I, 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 I just love the basic 4-4 rock, like as, as much as some I people like. might find it boring. So, yeah, and that's it. okay. Tweets their own. That's the beauty of music. But that was my style. You know, like I, I, I had, I, 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 I loved when I was growing up learning how to play drums, like the first drummer I was thinking about was Chad Smith. Like he's yeah. of the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who's probably he's my awesome. famous, my favorite drummer, yeah. at least alive. Yeah. <laughs> my, so he was the very first drummer that I really started. Uh, I, I guess the first drum that started influencing me. So mm-hmm. it's so funny. Like back in the, like I was, I was like 15, 16 at the time. This was like circa 2004, 2005 when I was really started looking into playing drums and like begged my parents for 400 bucks to, to buy a, 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 a like not even a secondhand set. This is probably a bottom hand set from <laughs> from a kid that that Something lived. In, somebody wanted to throw away. Pretty much, he wanted yeah. to give it away. But like this kid too, he 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 wanted four hundred dollars to probably upgrade his drum. Yeah. So he sold me his. I don't even know what make it was. There was no there was no mark on it. It wasn't. I don't know if it was Mapex, Pearl, or yeah, even yeah. Or he, sort of was, like my first guitar. I pre- no pretty much, like there was no there was no make on it. So, yeah. but like I begged my mother four hundred bucks and. I think I got it down to three, and she's like, "Okay, fine." And I, I how I convinced her, I have no idea. And <laughs> oh my god, the noise! Oh, I, yeah. the, Drummers are the worst for practicing. Like how it, else? You how can't else? not quiet down that? And like yeah. you want an electric kit, like electric kits at those times. Obviously, oh, they they they're around, they but great. it's not that they weren't great. Like at that time, they're like. 800 900 almost a grand for like a good set or even wow. a decent set like yeah. more than that it's like uh, for good luck trying to convince my italian mother to <laughs> blow me. you know what i mean like my yeah. not to get away my parents were all like no if you want something work for it and yeah, like exactly. i i I, ha- I hadn't started working yet at that age at 14 15 so it was different then when i started working i bought i bought i saved money to buy my my actual set mapex m series cherry red and i still have it to this day oh, my yeah. mother my mother after i moved out of the house to 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 live in the town of hudson to be a firefighter here my mother's like she for years she's like can you put those damn can you put that damn set together like i wanted to look nice in the basement and I'll, oh, yeah. it's still there to this day so oh, that's cool but but yeah, like the way I learned drumming is like, dude, I, I, I didn't take any lessons. I, I 
we still had a Walkman for, for the kids out there who don't know what a CD player Walkman is. It's mm-hmm. the things that play CDs. If you don't know what CDs are. You're, it's, you're it's, younder than me. I didn't have a CD Walkman. I had a well, <laughs> you, you had, exactly, you had the cassette or the. Actually, the, first I started with these little pocket radios. Oh, no, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With, this, this, with yeah. The, the one piece. Here yeah, 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 the, yeah. Uh, I remember that. But, but I, oh, I, I don't remember that, like but I remember. radio. Oh, yeah, of course. Which like, is I, why I do this. Because mm-hmm. I, ever since I was young, I would tune into AM radio late at at night right, right pick right, up right. stations from far away because mm-hmm. am frequencies they go far at night that's because true there's less disturbance in the uh in the yeah. atmosphere and i would listen to art bell god bless his soul probably the best radio announcer ever okay and i would listen to that uh well before Art bell i was listening to uh, uh larry king and other people of that sort and mm-hmm. there's this guy in cleveland that i forget his name or sh- no it was chicago he was great too um so that influenced me, just that little radio influenced right. me. And now I'm doing a podcast with another podcaster, which yeah, is like, it's, how it's, incredible is this? It's crazy. And it's how what it... I like. I like the conversation aspect. Oh, absolutely. Hence and the conversations with Kevin. Because oh, absolutely. I don't want, have a subject for this podcast. This is basically but I think anybody that wants to talk to me, I'll record it and post but it. But I think the best, the best podcast out there, like look how – well. Yeah, obviously, I think Joe Rogan is the most popular talk about anything yeah. podcast, and 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 yeah. he obviously has subjects in mind based on who his guests are. Yeah, but yeah, podcasting now it's just it's it's because it the thing with podcasts is it's actually it's it's natural, it's real. There's a real human element to it compared yeah. to radio. Exactly. Radio, you got producers, you got subjects. You can't say this, guidelines, you can't say that. You yeah. got guidelines. Whereas podcasts, especially Joe Rogan, yeah, he doesn't give a shit. He'll talk about yeah, whatever he wants. A and cigar, have a drink, and and the best, but, but the best thing to do something of that sort, not to be copying him, but no, to but, realize but that see, that's. A, that's a genre it that works. I like. It, it works. works. And it's comfortable. And, and the th- but the best thing about Joe Rogan, I find, not many people will agree with this, is that like he looks at both sides of coins, like whether yeah. it be political, like, like the best example I could give, like he, he knows the earth isn't flat. But he might he might bring a flat earther conspiracy theorist on it. Why not? Just just, just to hear, hear the just to hear opinion. their side of the story. And like yeah. it's 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 not so much it, you could say the freedom of speech type of type of podcast. Not quite exactly. There's no hate speech, obviously. Yeah, you got to but there's boundaries. But of course, but like those boundaries, but, but you that's can why have a great conversation. But that's why that's why he he's just so that's why he's just so popular and. It's funny you were talking about AM station. The only time I would listen to the AM stations were uh, were, were listening to sports, like either the Expos sports, or, yeah. or or the Montreal Canadiens. So, yeah. but back to my, I really want to talk about how I started drumming was yeah. the Walkman. You know, like and you have the headphones, whatever, whatever shitty headphones you have, but yeah. like <laughs> they were crap. When you're when you're drumming, you're moving your legs, or you're trying to learn how to move your your legs for the first time with the the kick drum, the hi hats. Like where the f- do I put this Walkman? So I had to make sure I wore track pants or car, not cargo pants, like, 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 um, yeah, like, uh, jogging pants or whatever, but I had to make sure the pockets were big enough yeah. that I could fit this the, big thing, the, this fucking Walkman in there, the CD well, player. Bigger than yeah, the CD so, itself. Right? And not, so. and not just that, it's like a CD player, like, you can't, like, 
at some point, if I were to hit hard, like the song would oh, pause, yeah. it would skip to the next track yeah. that I'm trying to learn. They were horrible. So, for I'm, that. so I'm trying to, I'm trying to play, I'm trying to play to Californication. I'm, I'm playing along. And then just when I think like I'm in the groove, which I'm sure I sounded terrible, but I'm there, I'm feeling it. As soon as I hit hard, like it was a hard press on the, the kick pedal, boom, next it song. jumps to the next fucking track. <laughs> and like, ah. So the struggles that we had to go through in the early 2000s, you kids have it good these days. And yeah, in a well, sense, thank God for technology. I, I could out-trump you on that one because <laughs> I had just a pocket radio. Uh -huh. <laughs> that was it. And then the Walkman yeah. came out. And I, yeah. I always remember uh, the, my first fascination with a Walkman. Mm -hmm. I'm not a skier because I have no balance. And okay. I, I respect gravity. <laughs> I think haven't, you have to respect gravity. It's, it's a lot. It's important. It's a law, yeah. But I always imagine there's a song by Pink Floyd, uh, Be Careful With That Axe, Eugene. I'm oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I always imagine putting the headphones on because it puts you in a stereophonic world, which mm -hmm. is, takes you out of reality. Mm -hmm. That's what I loved about the Walkman and the headphones. Yeah. And I imagine skiing down a ski hill listening to that. <laughs> And I just have this visual of myself going down this ski hill, knowing what I'm doing, because I don't, because I'm not a skier. <laughs> that opened up headphones for me. Uh, I even mix all my music with headphones, because yeah. I find headphones give you a, a space of what the whole thing sounds like. And yeah, Walkmans exactly. were the beginning of that lifestyle, right. people wearing headphones. Yeah. Now, everybody's got earpods. Yeah, but... And as much as the, the, the AirPods are great, like, I find like the headphone, it just gives you that sense of, uh, it, this may sound weird, but like, I'm, I love, it I, takes you out of the world. Like, well, well, exactly that. And, it, and it I love, it shuts you in. You so know? when it comes to bands and music and the creations of albums, like, I, I'm a big lover of the whole behind the scenes stuff. Oh, yeah. So you give me, you give me a DVD of how, like the like the best example I could give when when the show uh, classic albums came out and they had the version of Pink Floyd which was the first one I watched and yeah. and you you kind of see footage of Gilmore and and Roger Waters in the studio like how they came up with Dark Side of the Moon like oh that was that awesome. that that part that part about the whole creative process on how these bands make albums like I love that and when you see them wearing the headphones recording their 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 track and their instrument like to me wearing headphones like that it it, it puts me in that space like it's it, it cool. makes it makes me feel like yeah it makes it's it's cool and it's, that's it's the effect it has on me it makes me feel like you're in it yeah you're exactly it's it's, it's, it's it's weird a lot of people it's have done before you a thousand percent but not just that like the quality of hearing you get like you block you block everything it's true like you're stuck in that world and you block the outside noise basically that's what it's supposed it's to do it's a shift in time and space i see it uh, totally and 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 you hear you hear a lot more details than oh, yeah. you ever thought like when they when pink floyd when they released uh, the the remastered album of of dark side i don't mm -hmm. know if it was the, i don't i'm not sure if it was the 50th anniversary i don't think so it was a couple of years prior to that yeah and there's certain guitar tracks you hear you're like oh wait a minute like i didn't i didn't hear that part I never, like, um... Exa well, yeah, I have a good example. was Led Zeppelin's Since I've Been Loving You. When, mm -hmm. the, when, the, DVD, when the CD version came out, the mm -hmm. audio was much more clear and defined. Right, right. And when you put your headphones on, at the beginning of the song, you could hear Bonham's chair squeak. Oh, okay. And they yeah, left okay. it in because that was a live yeah. version. Right. A lot of people don't realize 
most of Zeppelin's early stuff was a one-shot live yeah, recording. Yeah, it was all live, yeah. And then Paige might put on a couple extra guitar riffs, yeah. might, might put on some backing vocals and some harmonica, but... Each song was a performance, so when they did Since I've Been Loving You, and you can mm. hear the squeak, they said, no, 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 this is good. Yeah, this okay. This was a good version. And it's funny you mentioned that, because the the one track I noticed that oh, Bottom did something is uh, Black Dog, when he's trying, when he's trying, if you, if, um, I, I don't know which part exactly, but you hear him tap his stick to get the count going before da 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 like yeah. like you hear it you hear it like he 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 hits the crash symbol yeah. and then just as just as plant is singing is singing one of his one of his verses you hear bottom like hit the stick i don't know go, go i'll have to look into that look, look into it notice you'll notice it right away like now that we're talking about it yeah. if you hear and, and that's exactly that, that. It's like, oh, okay, he's hitting the stick, like, for sure, yeah. without a doubt. And then they, they even confirmed it in, I, I, I don't know if it was, I, I forgot which book. I have I have one of these books on, like, really describes how they went into the songs and their creative yeah. process. Not not Hammer of the Gods. Hammer of the Gods was mostly, like, a, yeah, that was, that, that was, that was a good book, good, by the yeah, way, yeah. But, but it wasn't. I almost wrote a Zeppelin book with my buddy Did Tom. you? You should have. Me and Tom would, would always go to bootleg conventions and collect mm-hmm. Zeppelin live concerts on bootleg oh, records. And we knew so much about the shows, the tours, yeah. the songs they played, how they were recorded, that we almost sat down and wrote a book, but we were just, like, 20 years old and yeah, stuff I, I started happening. It. But it's funny you mentioned Black Dog. And for anybody who's curious, Put the headphones on and listen to Black Dog and, and see what Sammy's talking about. And since I've been loving you, you're going to see these little mistakes see, stay uh, in there. But since I've been loving you, I did not notice that. Yeah. So I'm definitely going to check that out. And I love the story how Black Dog, they're like, what the? Correct me if I'm wrong, since you're the Zeppelin historian over here. <laughs> sort of. Um, not really. They, yeah. they, if this, if I remember correctly, it's, they didn't know what title to give to the song but there was some random black dog just walking along the studio around your uh, cabin yeah that's right that's right yeah okay so yeah but yeah zeppelin like john bottom so it's funny how i was mentioning how chad smith was the first drummer and yeah number two after in terms of learning how to play drums was bottom oh yeah and my buddy my buddy alex in your style yeah, You've got it, that it's, heavy-handed it's, it's, Bonham and that, and that kick, sort yeah. of that offbeat flow, which is mm-hmm. really hard to do because some people don't realize that when you when you're off a little bit, you're still timed yeah. with the half note or a quarter note. Where Bonham was a pro at that. Thing. Yeah, he was unreal. They quantized the black dog. Yeah. So they what they did is they put, so off they put the drums in in the computer in the software for recording and they quintized it with the notes so that they're on time and it sounded horrible. Yeah, it's and it's, the reason the, the, that is is Black Dog's an interesting song because uh, John Paul Jones wrote that song on a train. He's and, the most underrated musician oh, on that insane. band. He's an, it's unreal. He wrote that song purposely complicated with the timing so people would have a hard time copying it. Wow, interesting. Yeah, yeah, because everybody in the song is not on the same time signature, mm-hmm. which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But he he was really the brains of that band. Well, he and came up with most of the riffs. Yeah, and that were he's, uh, the good riffs. Was yeah, a lot of them. Yeah, were him. He, I, 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 to, I, I, I believe Bonham was the heartbeat of the band. No pun intended. Yeah, but. But John Paul Jones was the brains of that band. Like he was so good at, you know, I guess, I guess the, the 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 coming up with the parts, yeah, the the rhythm, everything, and just constructing it properly. Like yeah. 
And if anything, he he's he's the one that plays different instruments more well, than the others. He, he plays, plays a lot of bass, organ. He could play guitar. He played the mandolin. Yeah. Uh, slide. He plays slide guitar in his does solo he? Yeah, stuff. Uh, imagine, yeah. So yeah. he's uh, he's a very talented person, and he 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 solidifies what Page does because. Page is a producer. He's a recording engineer. Mm-hmm. He's a writer, and a good example is No Quarter. Yeah, I when love John that Paul song. Jones oh, that got song. that riff, it mm-hmm. was actually a jazz song. Mm-hmm. It's da na chika da na da na chika. It's so and then good, they changed it to a more, you know, it was psychedelic, like that gloomy, gloomy, gloomy thing, it, yeah, which, it, which is great. It was, it was thank, thank no God, way, thank God that well, that DVD, uh, the song remains the same DVD when like he just he destroys that organ in a good sense like yeah. he just he's having a blast but like i think more than ever i because i i love viking history yeah like nordic uh, history nordic uh, immigrant, song. uh immigrant song but even that one no well, quarter you know what too the immigrant is songs about hammer of the gods uh valhalla i'm coming so like no, it's, <laughs> it's gonna disappoint a lot of people so okay oh boy here, uh, me included it's about the invasion of the west Meaning going to tour yeah. in the United States, but they're the Vikings. Of they're like, the Vikings. So instead of boats, they have their big fucking Zeppelin yeah, Air, uh, Boeing seven fifty seven. That's so cool! Yeah. Oh and my they, god! And they premiered the song in, um, I think it was Finland or anyways. It was one of these Viking uh, territories, territories or uh, Scandinavia. Okay, Scan- in Scandinavia somewhere. Okay. Yeah. So yeah, because Plant explained it. He goes, "No, this is about invading the U.S. with the." That's Zeppelin. amazing. So yeah. kind of like what the Vikings with the did with Vikings their music. Did. That's that's they were the Vikings of music, and they were they were raiding, but they had uh, concern. I guess they had consent cons- <laughs> consent from 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 the groupies and the and the, the raping there. and pillaging was all that was not consent <laughs> exactly. Well, no. it was the seventies, and you know yeah, Bonham did like to tear up. You know the Who got all that reputation, but Bonham was one of the worst destroyers of hotel rooms. Oh yeah, yeah. he well, was a married well, man who uh, missed his children and his wife. And yeah, he had a yeah, drinking problem. Yeah. And, he used to get a little, you know. Yeah, uh, he he. Uh, there was a story where the manager came in to give him the. What's bill. the manager's name? I'm trying to. No, I, not this manager. The the hotel manager came oh, to give him okay, the okay. bill for what he destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the manager made a joke. Goes, oh, that mirror is still intact, and he crashed it right in front of him. Well, what was the manager's name there? The, the, Peter Grant. Peter Grant. Yeah, who's like British white sugar knight at the time. Yeah. <laughs> so Peter Grant was a great manager for one simple reason. He oh, had a cut, and that was it. The more yeah. they made, the more he made. Yeah, exactly. He didn't steal from the the, the band. No, he actually let he... them grow, and it, their success was his success. Yeah. So he managed that band really well because that band could have been badly managed and not go anywhere. You know? That's true, and I think that's that. That's a difference. I I get the sense that's a difference between especially bands nowadays. Like if you're managed properly. Your record label promotes you properly. Bands are managed like corporations now. Oh, a thousand percent. You don't have that feeling anymore. That that gut feeling. It's all about how what what image of you can we make money off? Exactly. And your and your sash cow. That's all it is. So you know, like I mean, look at Taylor Swift. She's got talent and everything. She sings great. She's got a great live concert. Her concert tour was in the billions, and mm -hmm. she actually affected the U.S. economy. I believe that. That's she's, crazy. She's, she's, a, she's affecting the U.S. image by showing up to these Kansas City football games. <laughs> yeah. Well, 
You know, no, no, no. I'm really not. Cool. I'm not. I'm not hating. I'm not hating on no, her for that. Actually, she... I'm going to compliment her on something. My friend Sean yesterday was here to watch football, and she kept appearing on the screen. So yeah, we, but we started it's... talking about her, and he said that she gave two hundred thousand dollars to every truck driver on the tour as a bonus. She's. I don't think she's. That a, is amazing. I don't think she's a. She's bad, not a bad person. I don't think she's no, a no, bad no. person. I think it's the personality. Uh, the cult of personality that <laughs> creates the hate. Because the cult of personality, you know the term. I love right? that song. That's cult, a great song. I Living fucking Color love that. Is oh my God. I Such a great song. for Living Color at Place des Arts mm-hmm. in a Jimi Hendrix tribute. Oh, wow. And he played Voodoo Child for like 20 minutes. Oh, dude. Great. Dude, that guy is phenomenal. The, 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 the song Cult of Personality, I first heard oh. that song in a Grand Theft Auto game, and I don't remember, I don't know if it was the San Andreas game. I forgot which one. As soon as I heard that song, I'm like, I need to know who sings this song because yeah. it's a fantastic song. You know how I dis- discovered so, uh, the, the Living Color? Rolling Stones, they opened up for the Stones. Really? Yeah. I didn't see that show. They were, they didn't play in Montreal, I don't think, or or did they? I, I've okay. seen so many concerts, I can't remember half the opening bands. <laughs> but I heard about them, I looked them up, I went and bought the CD, and I loved yeah. it. There's I some... just, from song one to the end, it was just like a, a one of those, I kept it in my car and there, I always listened to there's it. There's something like, about Montreal and bands that like set a whole new reputation for yeah, that. Like Super Pink, Tramp, Genesis, Pink Floyd, the list well, goes on. Well, Pink, Pink Floyd, Roger yeah. Waters had to spit on a kid, and that's how he wrote The Wall. That's I think wall. I think Metallica, James Hetfield almost got burned to crisp. Yeah. And then the and then, and then Axel, Axel Rose just was like, nah, screw this. Uh, I'm not playing for you guys yeah. type of deal. Jeez. Oh, it's a, But yeah, it's, it's, it's crazy how music has really... I think for I think it goes without saying for everyone music music is a bit of a driving force for everyone no matter what style it is it but like is. for for but for me it's been it's the soundtrack a, of my life yeah and it's been a bit of a it's a bit a bit of a, a guideline trail like how I live my life like it's it's I got I got all my all my bands lined up for me different times during the year different moods different oh, yeah, uh yeah it's it's insane and and yeah you know what i mean but like i'm i'm but i'm all over the map which i love i i'm not i the big genre for me is like rock yeah and then it's divides it and like out, it spans out to web. like yeah my yeah, first album the core is thick and then it gets narrow at the you end you want you want to laugh you want to laugh my very first album i got was limp biscuit <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, oh my. mine was Rene Simard. So like, I, so I, 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 yeah, I think I, I'm more embarrassed than you are. Oh, whichever. <laughs> oh, okay. oh my god, my, but my, actually, I, my parents were huge lovers of disco. So my father and mother loved the Bee Gees. They loved ABBA, mm. and oh, my mother loved ABBA. Yeah, so, and but like, there's Andy some, Rogers. but like even to this day, like ABBA and, and Bee Gees, they're still their music is still it, it, it's 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 it's, it's immortal. It's immortal. It's immortal. Well, did you see what they're doing with ABBA? They're doing an Avatar concert. Are they for real? Yeah, what they're doing is they're they're creating a concert that they recorded, mm-hmm. and they don't show up at the concert. They okay. have avatars on stage. Well, especially now, and the, the avatars like, look the way they did back in the day in the seventies. So have, when you go there, it's like you're seeing the old ABBA. I so I find that a good thing, but it's weird though. It's it's very weird. It's not good. It's not bad. It's it's. It, uh, a visual experience like that would probably be phenomenal. Yeah. But it's not authentic. 
It's not you know authentic. I mean? So when I saw Robert, my first concert was Robert Plant's. Really? Which one? Robert, uh, uh, first tour with Phil Collins? No, 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 no. This was in 2000. Steve Ray Vaughan? No. No, no, no. Oh, no, his, his solo album. His, uh, well, yeah, but he did a, he actually had a show where Steve Ray Vaughan opened. No, no, no. I would, I would have remembered Steve Ray Vaughan opening yeah. up. No, no. This was in 2000. He came in 2005, I think. Mm. With yeah, the, the string sensation. Tour. That's right. That I saw that the, at the Forum or the Bell Center. It was at the Bell Center, yeah. and that was my very first concert at Unreal. I saw um, that with my father-in-law, John. God bless okay. his soul. He just passed away, and, and that was a great yeah. concert. Oh, my God. We, the, so, the, the belting he did, the yelling. The, the, yeah, yeah, he, like, he had it. Like he still had it. at the Medicine Square. Well, Garden. I can only imagine for you, like, or those that's Awesome. So, Robert Plant at the Bell Center. Yeah. That it was, was great. So... My best friend Alex, still my best friend to this day, who I was playing, I was in a band with him throughout the end of high school, college days, and so on. It was unreal. And he's, he's the one that actually introduced Led Zeppelin to me. And oh. when we saw Plant come out, and he, he sang the different version of Black Dog and A Whole Lot of Love at the End, way cl- unreal. Like, I, yeah. I, I remember that feeling of, I, I don't even know which words to describe it, like the, the level of happiness that we, it's euphoric. We went, yeah, it's very, very, very euphoric. He introduced me to Zeppelin. Actually, he introduced me to a lot of the bands that like I like now. Like, like from Zeppelin, he introduced me to Floyd. He introduced me to Rush, and then my love for Neil Peart or Neil Peart, however you pronounce his name. Like, Pert. just, I think just it's Pert personally, it's, but I, I, I pronounce a lot of stuff. Directly. Yeah, me too. So, but like my love for him just skyrocketed just with his when I saw his drum solo in the the uh, the Rush live in Rio, the DVD. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, uh, I just like it was instant, like jaw dropping. Like, yeah, he's, at that time he saw that reputation of one of the best drummers in the world, and like, yeah. like, yeah, like the whole, the whole. I saw Rush. Um, I I missed their last, their final farewell tour, but I saw the last two tours before that. I think I and, saw the farewell. No, I saw the one before the and, farewell tour. Yeah, so the the Clockwork the, album, the, the the Clockwork Orange tour. Yeah, exactly. Because they did that. They did a 40th anniversary tour. And I, but I think the 40th anniversary tour was the Fell Royal tour. Don't co- fully quote me on that. But yeah, I saw them. I when it was their Snakes and Arrows tour. I saw their Clockwork Orange. Oh my God! Like I'm so happy. I saw them. Neil Peart or Peart God rest his soul. Like yeah. See that great drum. So when when he passed away, like and especially now, like social media is a big part of our lives. But like a, a few of my friends came up to me and they're like, you know, he passed away, right? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, and it was like, well, you didn't post anything. It's like, you know what? The guy did not want to have the spotlight on him. He was very private, very mm-hmm. reserved. You mm-hmm. know, he loved he loved the touring. He loved the shows. He loved playing music for people, selling the albums. But, like, you know, he was shy around people. He was shy around fans. But, like, he knew, you know, he knew how much he, he meant to them. It's all that's like. Yeah. And he was a prolific writer. Uh, insane writer. Like, uh, the guy, like probably the, he, he destroys that whole joke. uh Oh, uh, what did the drummer say? Joke or like type of, type of deal? Yeah, like, the, the he was so cliche jokes about drummers. Yeah, exactly. Being dumb and like yeah. he he, but he was the complete opposite. Highly intellectual fellow and yeah. Canadian too. So, yeah. um, so when he passed, I'm like, no, I'm not posting anything about it because you know he was he was a private guy. He didn't want to be in the spotlight. And it's like this is this is yeah. kind of for me. Like, I'll. I guess mourn his death mourn like my way. my my way exactly. Yeah. I'm not. I don't need to share it like. So, yeah, then I got it, like, 
gotten getting into bands like 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 Pink Floyd and 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 Rush and like that whole prog rock that Porcupine Tree came along and then you know but prog metal like Dream Theater came along too so mm. it's like I'm all, I'm all over but then I like I love the rap rock of Rage Against Machine put aside their I, I like put, Rage <laughs> to a point I yeah. mean uh, put aside their political yelling like it, I'm not even I'm, that's I, pretty I, cool I mean but, but, it, like you know like but uh, it's it's more for me it's more like the 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 I guess the rap Rapping in the rock and not like Limp Bizkit rapping because yeah. I mean Fred Durst like at that time was cool and great yeah. and even Rage Against Machine but I I just but it's like dated now a bit that's funny how music gets dated like the Beatles to me it's dated you find like, the Beatles dated yeah I listen yeah. to a Beatles song it's like wow this is old uh, okay. some of the old st- oh, the Stones actually don't get dated I don't know why the are, but they're, they're, I could listen to the Stones any time any day any mood. I'm a huge Zeppelin yeah, fan, but I have to be yeah. in the mood to listen to Zeppelin. But I feel like the, the Stones, you put it on, they have such a variety of styles exactly. and grooves that it just flows in the background. I, 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 don't know, I don't know if I would totally agree on the Beatles being outdated, but you do have to be in a certain mood to listen to them. Well, when I say I, outdated, I, I, I'm I talking about the Love Me Do and I Want to Hold Your Hand. All that stuff just kind of sounds corny now but i do still love mm-hmm. sergeant pepper and yeah but, but that was albums, that, that was a bit know? of a different yeah that, that, that was a good a good concept like. out yeah exactly you know yeah. i i i i agree with that i i i think so too well the same for the stones my favorite mm-hmm. stones period is the mick taylor period yeah okay you know let it <laughs> let it bleed all the way up to uh the i forget the last album they did get together just before uh ronnie wood came mm-hmm. in which ronnie wood did some good funk stuff like disco yeah. style funk stuff with the stones but mick taylor i thought was the core of that 70s rock concert mm-hmm. vibe was yeah. the mick taylor years you know that's when they were like heavy right Not heavy like zeppelin but heavy like to me like, you, you know, know to me i find you know you have a good song if another band can cover it yeah. and make it sound a bit better. Yeah. That's when you know you have it's a got very, power. very, very good song. Like like Sympathy for the Devil and even um, uh, I had another uh, Stone song in mind. Uh, give, give Me Shelter. Like there's some oh, bands that yeah. do great covers of that. And, and, but, but, Monkey Man. But then you think about it, it's like for them to pull off a cover like this because this song has has to it's got legs. have some greatness to it yeah. as well. It's got legs. It, it's, it can move on. A thousand percent. And you know that Charlie Watts was the the, uh, <laughs> the key to whether a song works or not. Yeah. He would yeah. he would listen to something that Keith Richards or Jagger put together, and he would start playing. And go, yeah, this is gonna be a hit, and it yeah. was every time. Every time Charlie, this is Jagger that said this in an interview. Mm-hmm. Every time Charlie Watts said this is gonna be a hit, it was. And, and I had the, a gut feeling. And I think that. the same could be said for Ringo. Like they're too. Oh, Ringo is a he's a verbal player. Ringo. Yeah, there speaks his role. His yeah, it's it's, it's you know what to. To maybe a, I don't, I don't know, regular audience. To so someone who just hears music, but like, just wants to hear the song and not really dissect into it, you might hear simple drumming and all that, which they kind, they kind of well, were. Simple so drumming, I and it, but it, I have to add to that because I saw a, a, one of these video uh, YouTube videos where the, they're talking about drummers, mm-hmm. and the, this guy was saying that one of his buddies, who was a really good drummer at the time, uh, not pop, not professional, but he was laughing that Ringo was so simple. So yeah. the guy took out a very plain Ringo beat and he challenged him and the guy couldn't do it. Yeah. Because the simplicity of his beats are complex in the way it's played. Exactly. Yeah. Because he exactly. actually verbalizes the song through mm-hmm. the drums. Uh, 
Ticket to Ride, you know, like stuff like that. These are crazy drum beats. But he also had, uh, correct if I'm wrong too, I think Ringo had a bit of jazz influence in him. Yes, and yeah. so he was did Charlie to, Watts. Yeah, so. He used, a, he used to do a. You know, well, jazz Travis, band. Tra- Travis Barker for Blink 182, uh, mm-hmm. uh, he's a pure jazz drummer. Yeah. And yeah. Th- that's why he's able to play so fast. And yeah. like, in, in, I guess that, that, that punk rock 90 style, yeah. late night. So. Well, it's, Bonham was inspired by big band music. But, yeah, uh, exactly. Uh, so was Neil Peart. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, um, uh, Buddy Rich, I think. Buddy was, Rich Buddy, was Buddy, Buddy, Buddy Rich was yeah. like their god and idol for oh, a lot of them, for Chad Smith, too. Yeah. So that's my that's my story about drums. So, like, I kind of, so going full circle, and, like, when you and I jammed together, like, it's, it's, it's I, I kind of try to implement all those styles a little bit like i keep it simple but once I in a while it. but once in a while i, I want to throw in the 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 neil pert fucking tom rolls all the way down i want i want well, to i want to corporate on our i want to corporate like the, the a bottom triplet uh beats yeah, yeah. you know so like it's, yeah. it's 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 a bit of everything and i have a bit of like the the the, the chat smith like ghost notes too like he yeah like he uses that a lot because yeah. of uh buddy rich buddy rich ghost notes the, the yeah. ghost notes on the yeah. snare drum it 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 makes a fuller sound on on the kit so yeah. that that's like my um i guess my 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 influence my direction yeah. like my approach there that's where i was like my approach to the drums so you said something at the beginning of the drum conversation which is funny we start we just mentioned the intro and we've been talking about music ever mm-hmm. since which is great i love yeah, it yeah for it's sure it's natural it's organic but you said something at the beginning about the drummer if the drummer's not good the band sucks and that was Dave Grohl's rule, like, yeah, and that's and why Nirvana. I, I think that's why I think he learned that through his years of with Nirvana. Yeah, because look, look at Jimi Hendrix, Jimmy Page, mm-hmm. two guitarists that I admire, and two guitarists that are, well, I hate to say sloppy, but they are sloppy, very sloppy, and they yeah. make a lot of mistakes. Yeah, but what they do with the mistakes is they create a different vibe in the song vibe sound yeah and, like jimmy page once was quoted if you make a mistake do it three times again because mm-hmm. they think you did it on purpose yeah and hendrix was kind of like that too mm-hmm. hendrix just invented stuff as he went along yeah <laughs> so you could be off on the guitar but you can't be off on the drums no and when i'm off on the drums like i i i put a lot of pressure on myself to be perfect and i know nobody's perfect like i am a bit of a perfectionist and in almost everything i do in my life and like i'm still working on it to this day at the age of 35 but when (laughs) when i mess up a beat that like is ah i get so upset and especially when the flow is going well and in my mind i'm like okay flow like is this perfect don't change anything and then a little part of me is like ah maybe try something just to see and i was like yeah let me go for it and fuck up everything and then yeah. ah. so it's it's and, and again it's just i guess i don't i never had the room to ever since i moved out here in the town of hudson like i never had my own room place to 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 practice drums maybe one yeah. day like i will purchase like a, a good electric kit so i can yeah. practice a bit more but it's just well you're always welcome l- to come here yeah i do and like and i love and i love our our, our jam sessions our recording yeah. sessions so they're 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 always fun it's, it's just fun. you know yeah. life I guess I guess life gets in a bit in the way, uh, you know, with, with with my job, my career, and my Your my family life, family life, uh, girlfriend, uh, my 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 hockey podcast, you know, watching hockey, watching sports, Tell us about playing your sports, podcast. Yeah, so. Uh, I, I, I've listened to a bit of it. I'm not a hockey fan, so <laughs> yeah, forgive me so, for not listening for the whole show. No, 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 no. I listened to your, well, your tone, you. your approach, 
And if you started doing a football podcast, I'd listen every day. Well, but, uh, uh, put a put a pin on that because I, I I really think one of my one of my buddies was in who was a co-host of my podcast. Like yeah. he he loves football too, and he I semi seriously jokingly told him like you should maybe do an NFL podcast because yeah. cause he 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 really his love for football and the NFL really grew but so my Montreal Canadiens podcast well not my Montreal Canadiens but the Montreal Canadiens podcast I co-host is called the Curfew Boys and it started during COVID yeah so I love the title so it really doesn't take a genius to figure out how we came up with this name. Okay, no, so unless you're outside so of Quebec and you don't realize that if Quebec, you, we had a curfew. If exactly you couldn't walk your dog more than so many up, up until walks away from your house at 8 a certain PM, time. If, oh if, God, it was. Uh, anyways, let's I, I, not get into that. I'm not going to get. Well, no, no. Let's. Uh, we, we, we we could we, reserve that subject for another. We podcast. don't want to get into that can of worms or that it's that a rabbit worm hole because ugliness. So during COVID, it was. Uh, it was the 2020, yeah, we started in 2020, the 2020 season where because of, because of COVID and the pandemic and the NHL, uh, changed their formats, you know, the, all, all the Canadian teams played against each other with the North division, the that East coast, a strange it was a very, very, very strange. Well, everything about it was strange. Like oh, in sports and yeah. the NA, especially in the NHL was weird. Everything about it was weird. It's just life was weird. Li- life was weird. Locked like the lockdowns, anything. I mean, I'm not, get, we don't have to get into it, but no, like whatever. Right. At the time I could sort of understand but the podcast was born during a time of crisis. The podcast was born during a time where. We couldn't go out. We stayed home, but yet we still had hockey to watch. Yeah. So the way it started was I have a group chat, the messenger, the famous messenger, Facebook group chat with with four of my buddies that I'm still in contact with since high school. And cool. every 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 year, even after college, after guys got married, started having their families, like once in a while we would get together, we would go to the casual sport and we would watch the game and even and we had a group chat, we would chat, we would talk to each other during games, you know, comment about that. Then the pandemic hit. So we were the NHLC we were still chatting. Then that whole Zoom platform came out for, for mm-hmm. I guess for, 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 for workers to do yeah. to do virtual meetings and all that shit. Okay. So my buddy my buddy had it. And then after one game he's like, Yo guys, like come on come on Zoom. Let's 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 talk to each other but but at least visually, face to face via computer screen. So we I did watched that. the Super Bowl the first year of the pandemic with my buddies on. Uh, oh no Zoom. way! We all watched the Super Bowl. Yeah, together. so it was just again. It's just you think about now, different time. But like we all get on, we log on, and I guess every conversation, the way Zoom worked, that every conversation uh, that you have, it it records so automatically. He, I believe so. That's pretty cool. Or, 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 or did it, if, yeah. if I don't know if it was automatic, but if he did it, if he clicked record on purpose just to see, like God yeah. bless him for doing that because it gave yeah. birth to this. But the way it happened was he, it's one way or another, it was recorded. He listened to it. It was just just the audio. He had video and audio format. Obviously, he he watched it. He listened to it and he's like, "Yo, guys," he's like, "This sounds really good." Like we're we're four or five guys talking about the Montreal Canadiens. We're we're talking about the game, the team. Yet we're busting each other's balls like like law, lifelong friends, buddies yeah. do. He's like, this is this is something cool here. Like we 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 kind of got something here. So we did it again, and then as we kept doing it, I guess another two three games after that, 
my buddy Anthony was like, yo, guys, like, we should probably do a podcast. Like, let's turn this into a podcast. Like, we have... It's not like we're going out. It's not like we have much to do. We're stuck at home. Like yeah. the game's on. Like we got something. We we could do something here. So he contacted me privately, and he, you know, he was he, he not that he had to convince me, but he's like he was trying to share ideas. Oh, we could maybe do this, do that, so without going too much to details. And then next thing you know, it's like oh, we got to come up with a name. You know, then then like we're like fuck. What, what do we say? It's like we're stuck during curfew in Quebec. If you reside in Quebec, you you know all about the curfews. So we're there, like, uh, like I, I, the curfew boys, the curfew guys, the curfew. I don't know. We come up with all kinds of titles. We're like, yeah, and like the curfew boys made sense at the time, just because of what we were living through through yeah. the pandemic in the province of Quebec. So stuck with it, created an Instagram page, and then next thing you know, it's like, okay, well, we need a logo. So I contacted. We came up with a few ideas, a few concepts. Contacted a friend of mine. She does logo designs, and you know, she created one. And then we just started posting our episodes through there. We posted on Spotify, on Apple Podcasts, and just started, you know, just posting on our Instagram page, pictures, it clips. Starts. It's how it starts. And then, so like the whole the whole point of this was like, ah, let's do it for fun. Yeah, let's see where it goes. Like like almost everything. Yeah, that's uh, my intention. Yeah, exactly. Which, which is pretty much like that's like everything that yeah. begins. Just see where it goes. See where it goes. Start with yeah. fun. And it kept growing and growing, and then we actually created a bit of a fan base. And you know, for fast forward four years later, that was in yeah, that was in the twenty 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 one season. And I think what really helped was that the Montreal Canadiens they actually went to the Stanley Cup Finals. Yeah. So that really boosted our our audience and and I guess our um, I guess our fan base started growing. I'll use the word fan base lightly. But yeah. we didn't. We didn't have any YouTube. We didn't have YouTube at the time. It was oh, just. No. It was just all. It was just audio through through Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Okay. But the the whole overall vibe of us is like it's again we're guys that we've known over like almost twenty years, over twenty years. So it's just like the vibe we're giving. We're not giving that typical radio talk about a team. Like we're we're. We're go- we make fun of each other on the show. Meanwhile, we talk about the team and like yeah. we, we, we poke fun at each other. We tease each other. It's just basically That's, busting balls. So it's great. So a lot of, a lot of people came back to us like, man, I, I feel like I'm just hanging out with you guys yeah. on a Saturday night, drinking yeah. beer in the basement and yeah. watching the game and, and talking about it. I mean, like, yeah. so that, that Did you do it live during the game. We uh no we wouldn't do it live during the game okay. we did a lot, uh, during that time it was all post game episodes basically okay. so cool. like we'd watch the game and we talk about it watch the game talk about it then after the restrictions were lifted and then as life slowly started getting back to normal or somewhat normal the new uh, normal the new normal exactly like you know term. you know we 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 kind of we, we weren't able to do as much but like we're still going strong like we have YouTube it's for a season and a half now. So we're on we're on YouTube as well, the Curfew Boys. It's free if you subscribe and like. Thank you. Um, yeah, and it's just it's just. But like, my love for hockey's been there since the age of of three three four years old. I've been playing hockey since that age as well. I still play to this day, and I find that as as I get older, like I, I think I have more of a pre, an appreciation for the the, the sport, the, mostly the sport. Like I, the NHL is not a perfect league, but my love for the game, the sport of hockey, it it keeps growing even more. And like when I when I play now, like I'm I'm a I'm a competitive guy. Like mm-hmm. I've always I've always been competitive, yeah. but I, I I know 
I know when it's time to like just having fun, and then when it's you know play for something. Push it up. So like I'm I'm able I'm able to to I'm able to figure out where the line is in a sense. Yeah. But it's just man, like I, I like the more I watch the game, like uh, the more I'm learning things, and I'm trying to apply that on on the ice when I play. So like I just. Mm-hmm. I I, I kind of wish I had that attitude when I was younger, when I was like with like in my in my early teens. That's how I feel about music. I so would have, yeah. So so and and but the problem with me was like I had I was I was a very good skater. I still am a good skater, but I was very fast when I was younger. I was I had the speed. Unfortunately, at that time, like you need you needed to have the height and the size, and and I was I was a late um bloomer yeah i was a late bloomer like i was i was i was always the smallest amongst yeah. the other amongst the other players i was fast but i wasn't big i was able to give i was able to play with body check contact hockey but again i wasn't i wasn't big enough so i was always overlooked a little bit i did i did make double letter hockey a few times and oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah i i i played pretty competitive i played contact hockey uh uh in in those in those amateur leagues so like I got to experience that. So I kind of take everything I learn and what I'm still learning now, and I try to apply that into the podcast. And especially now with Twitter, like we all know how Twitter people are. <laughs> they 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 think they know I've everything. Never been on no, thank God, stay away from it. Like I I only I have Instagram. That's about it. I I, I don't do Twitter. I I don't even have a personal Twitter account because yeah. like no, I just don't like I I I have. Our Curfew Boys Twitter accounts, like I, I deal with that to kind of you know either promote episodes or share thoughts on what I think of the yeah. game, players, and well, that makes et cetera, sense. et cetera. Right? I mean, it's, it's a tool. You don't it, have to it like is. the tool, but it's a tool. No, but there, there's a yeah. bunch of tools on that uh, on yeah. that uh, on that application. So it's just it's 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 the Montreal Canadiens fan base. It's the market, right? Yeah, when yeah, when yeah. when when they've won 24 Stanley Cups, and you have people who've seen the glory days. And they compare it to what they're seeing now. Like yeah, you, people, th- people think they know. People yeah. think they listen. It's one of those platforms where you have the right to express your opinions, which All is which that, is okay. Yeah. The problem with Twitter is like if I were to say something like Carey Price sucked throughout his career, mm-hmm. which I don't believe, just not for a second. I think he was one of the best goalies to of our of my generation to play the game. But if I were to say that, like I'm gonna get I'm gonna get outcast and and yeah. run out of town. That's and people the thing are. And I don't it, like about social media. There's, it's too polarized. It's well, you got to follow no the narrative. There yeah. is no middle ground. The and narrative, and then usually you, the narrative sucks. I'm sorry, a thousand percent. You know, but you watch anything Twitter, on YouTube. Uh, the, yeah. Generally, people's opinions are are in cement, and that's why this show is about anything and everything. Mm-hmm. Because I don't want to restrict opinions. I I will have people on here that I completely disagree with and respect them. Yeah. That's what it's it should be. And, but, and I, res- I but respect that's how, your attitude towards it because that's yeah, the reality, right? But that's how adult conversations and civil conversations civil are supposed to be. Twitter exactly. is basically a platform where grown adults can tattletale yeah. because they got their feelings hurt. that's how i see it it's it's exactly that not to change the subject but to go back to Mm -hmm. hockey you Mm -hmm. were talking about your size and everything uh great friend of mine mark who passed away a few years ago sadly uh was like you 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 kind of remind me of him you've got that size and everything and Mm -hmm. that you're you're a strong 
smaller guy, but a powerhouse, like yeah. a tank. And he was like that. And he was a great hockey player. Yeah, I'm sure. He the, played there's with a lot Bobby of guys. Orr's brother, I think. Oh, no way. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, anyways, I'm not 100% sure if anybody I know is listening, you can correct me in the comments. But he was like you in the sense that he, he just was just strong, pushed yeah. hard. And, yeah. I mean, he used to go out drinking and get up in the morning and go play <laughs> hockey and score goals. And he was able to see, like, I, natural I, talent. But you know? well, that's it. I, I, do I have, I, I don't know if I'd say I have natural talent. I'm like, I'm able to play, but I, I'm one of those where it's like, I have to, I have to work on whatever skills I got. Like, I, I, well, ne- there's, there's, it, it really is. Well, Believe it or not, like <laughs> Will Smith said something. <laughs> we'll talk about not to talk about Will Smith, but he said something like, "You're you're born with talent, but you work on skill." Yeah. So I do believe I was born with the ability or capability of playing hockey, playing drums, natural talent. Yeah. I I I do feel like I have that, but like I really have to work on it to be good. Like, yeah. and so. I so agree with I'm that. The so same for me with guitar, but I, it's but it's the same thing with everyone. Yeah. And 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 if you look at a lot of these hockey players, it's like yeah, you're projected to go to get drafted in in like, like if you're top ten or whatever. Yeah, you project a lot of us projection, but nobody knows. But at the end of the day, what does it all come down to? Especially these kids at that age, they're at such a young age now, where they come into this league, it's it's all about your attitude mm-hmm. and your, your your and your work ethic. Yeah, but work ethic is but, work ethic is a big thing, and it's not just yeah, it, and it's not just. Uh, not just in sports, but I, it's it's everything in life. And my, there's one thing my parents, when you come from, well, my father was an immigrant from Italy, but he only he moved here when he was like two years old, right? But like mm-hmm. my mother was born and raised in Montreal, but like she comes from immigrant parents, and like, you know, they moved here after the war. Yeah. And so when you come here with barely anything in your pocket, like your you, your level of work ethic grows beyond believe beyond beyond my own imagination just to survive that are superior than what we have today i mean my <sighs> grandmother was born in 1902 she came wow. here after yeah. the first world yeah so imagine that my mother was born in 26 yeah she was before she was a child during the second world war mm-hmm. and uh the mentality is so different it's unreal. that's why they're called the well actually the great generation my mother's before the great generation okay right